gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Are you ready, folks? Are you ready to get the gleam? Men, women, children, our beloved Cleveland Browns fans, it is Sunday, 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 and it is playoff freaking Sunday for the Cleveland Browns who play tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Sunday Night Football. I am your host, Jared Mueller, and I'm coming today to tell you that I believe your Cleveland Browns can and should and will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. But we'll talk about that here in a second. For those of you who don't know, that is Marty Schottenheimer on the open, and I will actually play that here one more time. But that is Marty Schottenheimer on the open. I don't totally understand uh, what he, what the point of getting the gleam is, but he wants us to get the gleam. And what that means, that was his nice pregame speech. Let's go get the gleam, folks. It is Sunday for Sunday Night Football Playoff Sunday. Let's get the gleam. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. So before I get into why I think the Cleveland Browns can, should, will, whatever term we want to use, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight, first I want to just be really honest that uh, many of you know me, whether it's personally or feel like you know me personally through Twitter and uh, the OBR and all of that kind of stuff. Just want to be honest that this week has been uh, difficult for me to focus. Uh, obviously, the acts on Wednesday were very, very uh, frustrating, difficult, all the talk around it, all of that. Again, we're just being honest about that being difficult. This isn't a show that we're going to talk a lot about politics, but we want to be honest about what is really going on and what is real, and that is something that is that is very, very real. And then when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, you know, this week, a lot of times I bring in our guests, Stephen and Jake and Fred and even myself, just by myself, talking about the Browns. And we're normally breaking it down, right? We're talking about what will happen, what can happen, how it'll happen and all that. And this week has been really tough because we've had no idea, right? We And really until yesterday, about four o'clock, we didn't really know for sure what was going to happen for the Browns uh, when it came to play, came to players returning and all that kind of stuff. And so a little bit more difficult to really have those conversations with folks uh, that, that break it down in that way. We could have talked about a lot of the frustrations and those kind of things. But again, we tend to be a very positive show. I do think there's going to be some stories that do come out from what has happened for the Cleveland Browns uh, this week. I do think that's likely to occur, uh, whether that's a Jason Lacan Forna, uh, or somebody else. I think there's going to be stories about this week, the communication between the Browns and the NFL. And I know for OBR subscribers, you're going to see a, as much as we can share uh, in in the Rumor Central, uh, mostly from Lane or Brad uh, at this point in time. But there's just a lot going on there uh, that you know we're not on the inside of, and I'm not on the inside of it currently. Um, so this week was just tough. It was tough to focus on a game when you didn't know what was going to happen. It was tough to focus after Wednesday. And and to be honest, um, many of us had some awareness that this could happen uh, pretty much a month ago at, at this point. Uh, and so it was something that was a concern. So, But now we get to turn our attentions to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns on Sunday Night Football. And so I just want to be really honest. Obviously, the Browns are 
underdogs. They should be underdogs, right? They'll be without uh, Denzel Ward, without Kevin Johnson, without Kevin Stefanski, without Joel Batonio. Uh, and to be honest, that list is probably much bigger than that. It is bigger than that. Uh, there's just so many people to kind of focus on um, that the Browns should be underdogs, right? No experience. Uh, <clears throat> everything just up in the air this week. Losing some of their talented players on defense, a side of the ball that was very difficult for them to lose any of their talented players, especially when you talk about Ward and Kevin Johnson. Uh, Even if it's just Ward, uh, you're talking about players who, against a pass-happy team, were really, really important. And so we'll just be honest up front. Like, this isn't me saying, oh, yeah, the Browns are just going to dominate this. This is all going to go well, right? But on the other side, I don't think what happened in Week 17 is indicative of what we're going to see today. I think the Cleveland Browns believe they should be able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with a very limited playbook. And if they couldn't, they really didn't, quote unquote, belong in the playoffs as is. So if we can't beat them with a limited playbook, trying to keep Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt fresh, not trying to show too much, all of that kind of stuff. Their, their belief was, I believe and understand that I, when I say I believe something, um, that's often based on what I believe information that I've been provided Uh, that the Browns believe they should be able to win that game without showing too much, being very vanilla. And if they couldn't, that meant they weren't ready for the playoffs anyways, and it was not okay to lose, but the reality was is that that was telling to them. And so um, I also think, um, I'm not going to call it what it is. Uh, I'm not going to use the name, uh, but I also think you're going to see some unique things from the Browns uh, this week. Now, when I say unique, you might automatically start to think of fake punts and fake field goals and, uh, you know, tricky, crazy. Listen, there those might be there, but when I say unique, I mean unique to the season, right? I believe there are plays between 5 and, like, 15, somewhere in that area, on both sides of the ball that are plays and coverages, I guess would be the better way to say it, that are going to be unique to this game. Um, someone better than me, uh, like Jake and John, uh, who do, you know, just amazing detailed film breakdown and, and understand the game in ways that I wish I could, uh, will probably be able to share some of that. But I will tell you that I expect to see between 5 and 15 either plays or coverages or schemes on defense that are just different. And so let's start with the offense, why I think the Cleveland Browns can win and how I see that happening. So uh, before I do that, let me talk to you about uh, Blue Wire Hustle. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. You can check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. 
So you make sure you uh, sign up for that. So here we go. Let's talk about offense. How I think the Cleveland Browns can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers is very, very simple. Well, not really. I think the Browns are going to try to throw the ball to get ahead. I think they're going to try to run the ball at opportune times. And I think what they're really going to try to do, um, when we talk about adjustments, sometimes people think of like large adjustments. So we're going to go from a lot of zone to some gap, or we're going to go from a short passing game to more deep drop back kind of thing. I think what the adjustments you're going to see from the Browns are going to be direct adjustments from specifically game one, the first time they played the Steelers uh, this year when they lost pretty significantly. I think you're going to see some direct adjustments to those plays. And so, uh, for example, there uh, the interception by Minka Fitzpatrick uh, was, I believe, a cover two uh, rover uh, or robber scheme. There's a lot of different terminology that's used. Generally, robber is the scheme that I think of. So cover two robber is a lot of um, where you have two safeties that are um, – up high midfield, uh, but you actually bring the second safety kind of down uh, and they kind of are, are robbing that middle of the field uh, and looking for those opportunities. So uh, a play like that where Minka Fitzpatrick, who is very, very talented, uh, is is kind of coming down and expecting certain things to happen. What I think you're going to see is you're going to see a play almost exactly the same as that, where Baker does almost exactly the same things, except he turns and 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 there's a there's a different adjustment on the back side of that. So that was a front side, middle of the field throw. I think you're going to see an adjustment off of that kind of play. So it, everything else kind of looks the same. And then you have this other thing kind of happening. And again, that could be as simple as, uh, you know, a, a sluggo, a slant and go uh, on that play where everything else looks the same. Minka reads it the same and looks like, he thinks he knows what's going to happen, and then that's kind of that double move, the sluggo, the slant-and-go uh, opportunity there where all of a sudden it's set up. Fitzpatrick, who's very good and very intelligent, but very aggressive, right? It's important to realize that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is a very aggressive player, uh, and he makes a lot of great plays because of that, but what the Browns want to do is they want to draw him up uh, so they can make plays behind him, or they want to be making plays more to the outside of the field, which isn't always their strength. Their strength is obviously the tight ends, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, a lot of middle of the field kind of stuff. I think the Browns want to make plays above or beyond Minka Fitzpatrick or to the outside uh, so that they are not uh, testing that middle of the defense where he stands. And so I think you're going to really see those adjustments on the offensive side of the ball in that way where the Browns, everything looks the same and then they do this, right? So uh, something as simple as uh, a running back, what looks like a running back screen where off of that there is a backside wheel route uh, or even a frontside wheel route or, or something off of that what looks very clearly like a screen and is set up in that way that you have some kind of backside. Because here's the thing. Oftentimes people think, well, if you if you run a screen, you can't have anything else going on. Well, no, you can run a screen, just drop it a little bit, keep the offensive line around the line of scrimmage, basically, so they're not wandering downfield and have something else going on on the backside. So it's important to realize with Petonio out, 
a lot of people will say or think that the Browns can't push the ball downfield. The key is not that they can't push the ball downfield, but they're going to have to push the ball downfield uh, with a little bit more arc, a little bit more time. Uh, so it's not going to be able to be driven down the field uh, as much as Baker, you know, winds up and tosses it, right? You got, so the receiver is 20 yards behind where the ball actually ends up. So you're not going to see, you may not see enough time where um, whoever they have at left guard, uh, because I think that could be a rotation today. I think you could see some really creative uh, things with the offensive line, a six offensive lineman at times, more of Andy Janovich, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but I think you're going to see some things where uh, the Browns try to set things up where it looks like a screen on the right. And that's where that wheel route, where they can set up that quick looking screen and then Baker can just turn and just loft it, knowing that Minka Fitzpatrick or the other safety is going to kind of creep down, seeing that screen game kind of come together and then Baker can just toss it down the field to someone like Daryl Hodge, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, honestly even like a Kareem Hunt uh, or a David Njoku, someone who has that speed to create separation on their route um, and just kind of get to a ball that Baker kind of lays out in front. So I think you're going to see some of those kind of plays on the offensive side of the ball uh, that that you're not used to seeing, that we haven't seen a lot of, um, to take advantage of where they think players are going to be. Um, I think the reality is is that T.J. Watt and Hayward and Cameron Hayward and, and those guys are really, really good. I want to be really honest, though. I don't believe, as a whole, the Steelers are a great team. I don't think they have a lot of good depth. I don't think they have a lot of good players outside of their top players. I think their system and their top players make up for that. So, obviously, when you have a Cameron Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, some of those guys are very, very good, especially they're right on that defensive line, uh, which is huge, even without Bud Dupree. Uh, Alex Hightower is playing well. So, there's just, they have a lot of high end talent four, five, six of those guys, but I'm not sure after that top six, they've got a lot of good talent. So they had to bring in Avery Williamson from the Jets, and they had to do a lot of different things that is unusual. So I don't, I think what the Browns need to figure out is how to take those specific guys out of the plays and and use kind of their aggressiveness, use their tendencies, their natures, uh, whether that's on a you know a draw a screen, uh, moving Minka Fitzpatrick with your eyes and setting him up with something he thinks he's seen before from the Browns. I think you want to you want them thinking instead of reacting on the defensive side of the ball. I think that puts the Browns in position where they can get the lead early with a play or two, right? Because here's the thing. The Browns don't need a whole new playbook. They need two big plays and to run the rest of their offense. They need enough to keep the Steelers off guard, but they don't need a whole new playbook. The Browns have an explosive, good offense, they can grind it with the run game, uh, and they can make some big plays. It's really about figuring out how to do that when you're without your left guard, without your play caller, um, and then you had T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, uh, Alex Hightower, and Minka Fitzpatrick really are the keys to deal with in the passing game. It's figuring all of those things out. 
The other thing I want to say is, yes, absolutely, not having Kevin Stefanski is huge. Anybody who downplays that doesn't understand that a, a play caller and a head coach has like 10 seconds, maybe, to be thinking about the next play or deciding on the next play. And many times they're thinking two, three, four plays ahead and trying to string some things together that make sense in their head as they're kind of watching how things unfurl. And while Alex Van Pelt may be very intelligent, he is not Kevin Stefanski in that way. And there is a ton about play calling that is feel. You know, scripting plays is great. But what happens when you script plays and the Browns have a 60-yarder on their first play? Right? All of a sudden, some of those other plays don't exactly make sense to be running when you're at the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line. Same thing on the opposite, on the negative. Those plays don't make sense when you have a, a holding call. Right. And so all of a sudden, what you thought was going to be second and five is now second and 20 or first and 20. Right. So scripting is fine. It's good. All the teams do it in different ways, but it's the ability to adjust, the ability to change. That's going to be really, really important for Alex Van Pelt and the Browns offense. On the defensive side of the ball, I truly believe you're going to see a few different things. So I think you're going to see some zone blitzing. So that's going to be things like uh, dropping an Adrian Claiborne, dropping a Sheldon Richardson, uh, heck, dropping a Jordan Elliott, who is a big rookie. Um, you know, he can do a lot of different things and bringing blitzes from different levels. I think you're also going to see uh, some four flat, uh, what I think of as four flat. So, which is really it's condensing the pass coverage uh, in a way that you may give up some deep ball options, but you you really flatten out and try to kind of squish everything uh, with your your safeties and your corners kind of playing a backline defense at 15 to 20 yards, you know, somewhere in that area, uh, as opposed to having one or two guys back 20 to 25 yards or so. You really, you're, you're playing more of that. You want to stop. You want to put a top on the defense. I think you're going to see some of that where you, you have that four flat and you have coverages that are moving and rolling and switching. Uh, and again, similar to the offense, I think you're going to see things that Ben saw in the first game that everything looks the same, the setup looks the same, and then all of a sudden on one side of the field is man, the other side is zone. Uh, But you're bringing extra rusher, so you're hoping that that doesn't cause problems, right? Or or, or those types of things. I also think you're going to see some things with a defensive line uh, where you have Miles Garrett lined up inside and Sheldon Richardson lined up outside of him. Or you're going to have Miles and Adrian Claiborne on the same side of each other, um, Porter Gustin, whatever it is, a lot of different things to see if you can confuse the Steelers, not let them know what's coming. I think the Browns have enough enough talent um, and bluntly the Steelers have such a limited offense listen the Steelers are not a good run game they're going to try to establish it they always try to establish it and then they realize they just aren't very good at it and then they go to the pass right and so I think what you're going to see from the Browns is let's get after the quarterback as best we can so everything is quarterback or drop, right? So, all right, I'm trying to get a good rush move. As soon as I'm not able to do that, I'm dropping and I'm getting my hands up, right? It's some of that kind of creativity where it's really against defensive lines kind of thought process. But how do you make sure that you're getting your hands up? Because Ben, most of the time, is getting the ball out under two seconds. And so it's very difficult to get a, a good pass rush. And so just push the pocket and then get your hands up. So stop the pass rush, 
you know, after a second or so, if you're not winning right away, your next kind of iteration is, okay, head up, hands up, even back up a little bit and let's see what we can do. I just think you're going to see a lot of creativity, uh, but not not stuff that you're going to be like, oh my goodness, that's weird. How did they pull that off? But just more little things that are going to affect the Steelers' short passing game. I do think, obviously, Ben uh, is going to want to prove that he can throw the ball deep. He's also, that's how you you deal with some of that stuff is, well, if, if the Browns' defensive line is dropping off and looking for that quick throw, all right, I can hold the ball a little bit longer and let another um, uh, route, you know, develop deep, take the top off that four flat or whatever the Browns are running, um, you know, or or let things stretch. So if it's a zone blitz, uh, one of the issues with a zone blitz is if you don't get there, then the zones stretch, and then you have a defensive lineman. Uh, in a stretched out zone and they can't cover as much space. So there's just a lot of things. Listen, are the Browns supposed to be underdogs? Yes. Do the Steelers have a good passing offense? Absolutely. Do they have a ton of really good weapons? Yeah. Like, you know, the reality is, is Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool and Deontay Johnson uh, and even Washington, like those are some really good playmakers when they're put in positions to to have success. So how do the Browns not let them have success? How do they realize most things are going to come quick? And how do they, you know, muddle up all the passing lanes or as many as they can and go from there? It's not going to be an easy game, folks. Listen, this Sunday is not going to be easy. I'm recording this right now at 1032. Uh, we got to make it a long freaking way. So make sure you listen to this pod. Obviously, you're doing that. Make sure I'm going to have a couple articles. That's my plan, at least, to get up on the OBR uh, so that you have some fresh things to read while you're watching the Titans and Ravens. And then uh, after that, if you're taking a nap, hopefully you are, the Bears and the Saints. Um, but listen, I believe the Cleveland Browns can compete with most teams in the NFL. I think they'll obviously not be favored against many teams. If they win this week, they'll be facing the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't fear the Chiefs kind of as much as I fear the Baltimore Ravens. I fear them both greatly, but I think I might actually say put Baltimore 1 and put Kansas City 2, but not, you know, that's why I'm rooting for the Titans today. But it's not a significant, those are two teams that give the Browns trouble. But I think if next week, if the hope is that the Browns win this week and next week uh, they get back Batonio, Ward, Johnson, Stefanski, all of a sudden I think you have a fuller team. And to be honest, if they're able to win this week, you have some players who are rested, right? Um, hopefully healthy. COVID can can do a number on everything. So we just want to be careful. But here's the thing. I believe the Cleveland Browns can win this game today. I think you should be excited about that. If they don't win, it's not the end of the world. This is the opening of a window. Literally, this is just the crack. We weren't sure this was going to happen until next year. Next year's kind of when playoffs was kind of on our mind. So we're one year ahead. We The window is now cracked. Next year, they push it open farther. And the year after that, most likely, again, if we're looking at normal progression, the year after that is when they have the most or the highest likely percentage of making the playoffs, uh, or not the playoffs, the Super Bowl, right? But again, everything's progression. And please celebrate. Enjoy the fact that they're in the playoffs. And then if they win, enjoy the fact that they won, even if they get blown out by the Chiefs. And then next year, if they make it to the AFC Championship game and lose to Baltimore or Kansas City, enjoy the fact that they made it another step and go from there. Enjoy all of this process, folks. Your Cleveland Browns, your freaking Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs on Sunday Night Football with a chance 
again, it's a chance to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they can do it. Will they? Will they get the gleam? I hope they get the gleam, folks. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Follow along with everything at the OBR. Uh, you can go to theobr.com at the OBR. Uh, we will be in our subscriber-only chat room tonight, as well as maybe a little bit onto Twitter as well. So make sure you are following along with us. We love you. We hope you're doing well. Please, please, please take care of yourself. Take care of others. And go Browns. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go.